All right, hello and welcome to episode 53 of Checking the Gate, a film and religion podcast. I'm Robert Wright Stasco. I am Michael M. Patty. And today we have a long-awaited episode. We are in our movie portion looking at... Uh, God, what was it? <laughs> the, the case for Christ. The, the case for Christ, yes. The dramatization of Lee Strobel's conversion to Christianity. And in TV Corner, Kevin probably saves the world, and which is a show that is technically still on ABC. Technically. It, I, it has not been canceled. Okay. Yeah, it, it had a mid-season break. I have kind of a... I'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. It has no buzz whatsoever. I don't hear anything about it in any other channel. You know, not on Twitter, not in Entertainment Weekly. I it gets it has no traction. But I, it sounded like an interesting premise, and it's right up our alley. So it, it was my idea to do it. So here we are. All right. So before we get there, let's talk about. The Case for Christ. So this is a recently released movie. It just came out on Netflix because I actually yeah. watched it on Netflix I got to it. review it. I got it out of the library not realizing it was coming to Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh well. So Support your local libraries, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so this, as I had clarified earlier, is the dramatization of Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Christ. I was very relieved to find out that The Case for Christ was not another trial movie. <laughs> like God's Not Dead 2 yeah. and God's Not Dead 1 and probably God's Not Dead 3, which I hope Ugh. we don't review. Oh my Mike, yeah. I, Michael's pressuring me to, to I know. I, I, I'm torn. <laughs> I, do you want to do this now? Sure. Before we begin? Yes. I'm torn. Because I am on record in in our um, roundup that we did a couple episodes ago as saying we were not doing God's Not Dead 3. Before I knew of the existence of God's Not Dead 3. Uh, I know know exactly what it's going to be like. (laughs) I know it's going to be two hours I'm not going to get back. I, I... I know it's going to be exactly the same kind of condescending, self-righteous smarm of the first two. But on the other hand, I kind of feel I, I feel like we have to, but I really don't want to. Yeah, we have to round out the trilogy. It's completest in us. Maybe if we do, like, instead of doing a review of it... Maybe we, we, we do, do a, a live episode, like a running commentary yeah. on it, and you yes. we could, you could sync it up, and you can hear us complain yes. and make fun of it all the way through, and do kiff size. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's call that a plan. Okay. As soon as it's out on on digital or or or, uh, or disc. Yes. Streaming. Yeah. Thought implantation. You know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> They don't need that. They're, the people who watch those have already been thought of <laughs> They've been colonized by the Christian meme. That, All right, that's what Richard so, Dawkins yeah. would say. Yeah. So back to uh, back Anyways, to the case for Christ. The case for Christ. Uh, it's yeah. Starring uh, Under the Dome's uh, Mike Vogel. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> you didn't know who that was? No. That's I, Barbie I, from Under the Dome. I totally forgot about and I totally forgot about that show. The star of 2000's Traffic, Erica Christensen. Yeah, they some some A-listers. Yeah. So the plot of this story and is And Swim Fan. Swim Fan? Don't forget Swim Fan. I Yeah, okay. I can't forget it because I've never seen it. So, yes. So well, competent actors. Yeah, in, in no, the they're I'm <laughs> I, I'm being I'm being unjustly harsh. <laughs> well, the the movie I hate I hated Under the Dome so much. <laughs> I watched the whole first season and and resented myself for it. I I only made it like halfway through that first season. Oh, you're a stronger man than me. I only halfway through I gave up and yeah. I heard it got really weird yep. at the end with like aliens or whatnot. Well, and... aliens are in the book, okay. but I guess it was different from the book. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they even started. Cha- I really liked the book too. The, uh, Stephen the King book, was, right? Yes. Yeah. The the show was just all over the place. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he that's where he's from. Anyways, uh, this movie, The Case for Christ, uh, like I said, is the dramatization clarifying from the earlier movie which had come out, which is a documentary. It's like a Talking head sort of thing where. Lee Strobel describes yeah, there are, what happened to there him. Are, there are two movies called The Case for Christ. So we are we are reviewing the dramatization, the, the fictionalization, yeah. the, the movie movie, not the documentary. Yeah, I had seen the documentary. I have not. Uh, I, I swear I had it. I may, I may have traded it in. Um, I think I picked it up on Blockbuster Close because that's where I saw it. It was like, what, 10 years ago when I first saw that. Wow, and, that long now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it was while they were still open and kind of in their heyday, but uh, yeah, the the week I started working at Blockbuster was when uh, the Two Towers theatrical version came out mm. on DVD. I was very pleased to get it like a week ahead and be able to watch it. So that's when I started. Okay, <laughs> is that the one we had the we had the viewing party for? I think so. Okay, because I was like all excited. Woohoo! Um, anyways, we did not have a viewing party for the case for Christ. <laughs> more, it was a, a reviewing slog. Uh, I mean, movie is this. Um, Lee Storbel is a reporter for the New York Sun or the or no the Chicago Sun, right? I, I can't remember. Chicago, now. Chicago. He's a, a Chicago newspaper, and his wife uh, becomes a Christian, and yeah, they're. Um, their daughter almost chokes and someone in the restaurant saves her and the wife views it as a miracle and converts essentially yeah, she it's, goes, it's short I'm sure it's shorthanded in the movie but that's yeah that's what happens. well she develops a relationship with that woman yeah. who was a nurse and uh, I think Lee Strobel's wife was also a nurse is that correct in the movie, yeah, it's, it's been a while since a we while watched, it. <laughs> watched it. Yeah, we were supposed to record this over a month ago. <laughs> Life happens. Yeah, but uh, I went back to work for the church, so that cut into my hobby time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Lee Strobel has a big problem with his wife being a Christian, and he sets out to uh, disprove it. And over the course of the movie, he finds out that he can't disprove it. So he decides to take a leap of faith and become a Christian. And, and now you don't have to watch the movie because that really is the whole thing. Yeah. It's it's him 
trying to gather hard evidence from scholars, driving around the country, mind you, leaving his family for days at a time, on something he's not even technically writing a news story about. Yeah. He's... Yeah. Yeah. The the movie, I think, does injustice to the story because he's doing all these things that are kind of crazy. Why would he be that passionate about proving his wife wrong? Yes. Especially they have this heart-to-heart where yeah. she's trying to explain to him why this means so much to her. And she's like, I love you now more than I ever have. And his response to her in the movie is this. Is. I, I don't like who you're becoming. And it's like, she just said she loves you more than anything in the world and loves you more than she ever has. And you said, well, I don't like what you're becoming. What? That doesn't make any sense. If my wife said that to me, I'd be like, well, sign me up. You know, <laughs> that would be enough for me. It'd be like, fine, but I'm still not going to church with you. Yeah. It, 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 it really did seem like he went to yeah. great, great pains. And yeah, the, uh, the fault I don't think is with the man's experience. I think it is with the shorthand the script writer took to kind of move the plot along and yeah. this dramatization. So it, it's uh, for that it's it's poorly done to me. And one one of the key things in the documentary was like the straw that broke the camel's back for Lee Strobel was he said he went to a mathematician and he's like look at all the prophecies in the Old Testament that point to Jesus, and there's like hundreds of them. And he's like, what are the odds that one man will be able to fulfill them all? Because in the New Testament, which he proves is reliable as um, as a source, and they kind of get into this in the movie, you know, like we have like the four Gospels, and they, they don't exactly line up. There's a few contradictory things in there, but the, the criminal witness experts like, well, that makes a more credible story because if everyone's if everyone had the exactly the same story, that means someone fed that to them and they're making stuff up. But if they have all these little differences and they're telling the story from their own point of view, and that's a more reliable thing. So, you know, there's that in there, which, you know, it's just cool. But in real life, he said, adding up all the Old Testament prophecies and seeing how they're fulfilled in one person in the New Testament, what are the odds that you know, one person could actually do that. And it was like this some outrageous number, like, you know, 150 million or something like that. One on 150 million. And that was like, okay, well that there's no way that could be a coincidence. It has to be God. And they don't even get close to that. No, he was just like standing in front of his whiteboard. It's like, well, I can't disprove anything. I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) They, they didn't have that one point, that aha moment. He just sort of, he just sort of okay, I guess, and <laughs> you know there there's a the, he prays with his wife at the end, and it, it was kind of sweet, but it wasn't. It seemed like like he was still kind of like half-heartedly going into it. It it didn't seem to do justice to you know what I thought was a very powerful story that I got from Lee Strobel in in his documentary. So I don't. What did you think, Mike? It seemed like a really well-made film compared to some of the other ones that we've done on here. I, I will give it that. It has we've come a long way from Left Behind and Fireproof. Just in yes. the few short years. And almost 7? Yeah. Almost 7 now. When was when was episode 0? April of 2011? I think so, yeah. So, yeah, almost 7 years. We've come a long way. 
so it it has a little more it felt more like a real movie. I could tell it was oversimplified, but its heart was in the right place, I guess. I'm yeah. glad, I'm glad this guy was able to reconcile his differences with his wife. And especially since it's a, a based on a true story and the guy's written a ton of books. I'm Yeah, I think he's pastoring a church now. Okay. Fun fun fact, I follow him on Twitter. Uh-huh. And he's like and I, yeah, he said he had like 17 different Christmas services to do. I only had two to do, and I was stressing out about that. So I can't imagine what it's like to do seventeen. You know, oh was, dear God, <laughs> is yeah. he going to hear this? Uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to point it at him. Uh, well, it, like I said, I have no problem with his story. I like his story that the way he tells it okay. on his documentary. I don't think you know the film did his story justice. Okay. And 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 like you said, it was a lot better. I mean, yeah. it was it has, watchable. It has production values and it's it's watchable, but I it did feel oversimplified even to me not yeah. knowing the true story and I'm yeah. I'm glad he I'm glad he found his call and is yeah. And one thing living I living his his best life. Good for him. Yeah. But um one thing I did like in terms of the production value of the film was the color timing of it. Yeah, they gave it, it a little made bit. Made it look like it was it, every part made it look like a movie that was made in that like in the seventies. It was yellowish. Yes, yeah, I appreciated that. We haven't seen a whole lot of that in these uh, you know, faith based films that we've been doing. Yeah. So that I I appreciated that. It gave it a different look, a different feel. It had competent direction. It it yeah it wasn't like and and I hope he'll forgive me if he listens to this podcast and if he has time not doing his own uh, Kevin Smith you know he the the two shot it does a lot more than that <laughs> you know um, even he it will admit that's not he's not the greatest director in the world he does the two shot where you have like you know two people yeah. talking to each other there's a lot of that going on but there's a little like there is a part he's talking to a scientist about the resurrection and if that's possible and what it takes to die and is there proof that Jesus actually died before he was raised back up and you know they kind of pan around the you know through glass and around the 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 test tubes and beakers in the the laboratory so they do make the shots interesting and it was sort of like a mystery you know he's mm-hmm. he's delving in kind of like um the last newspaper movie we did about the the Boston Globe breaking the spotlight. Spotlight, yeah. Sorry, my my brain. I have Christmas brain, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're on vacation. On New Year's, yes. <laughs> I had I have New Year's brain. I thought I had to. I was supposed to get to Roberts at eleven <laughs> to start recording this, <laughs> and somehow I got it into my head that I I could start getting ready at ten. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> It's one of those days, on the, man. On the bright side, I got the Batmobile done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Mike had a birthday recently, and yes. he got the Batcave. The 60s Batman Batcave in Lego. And it's, it was great. It's fabulously large, and part of it is yes. the Batmobile, so uh, yeah. that's fun. Um, yeah, so my kids have been putting together all their Legos, and they ordered more with some Amazon gift cards I got, so we got more coming. Um but anyways, yeah, Mike, what's your final judgment on the case for Christ? I think they should change the combination on it. <laughs> I'm the, sorry. The brief, been, the brief case for Christ? <laughs> I, I've been saving that for a month. <laughs> uh, it's uh, 777. 
One, two, three, four, five. Only an idiot would put down on his luggage. Remind me to change my combination. Um, it's okay. That's it's okay. I don't know what else to say. I I preferred the documentary. Okay, so maybe. It, maybe down the line we'll we'll check that yeah. out instead. In, in, in terms of faith-based movies, we probably if we had planned well yeah. enough ahead, we probably should have done yeah. both. Yeah. Well, in terms uh. of faith-based movies, I mean the the quality of the production, yes. the acting, the yeah. direction it's, is better. Yeah. Scripts is still not it. It's still preachy. Yeah. You know, but uh, I wish they would just let the story speak for itself instead of trying to pull out the preachy elements. Yeah. And th- and. Can I can say I, it? Say it. It sledgehammer it with you. <laughs> can I interject something? Yeah. Why was there a need to make a dramatized film if there's already a documentary? Do you know? Why? Why do they do anything? Why? Why would we reboot Spider-Man after the last like Spider-Man three was out like four years ago, and then they reboot it again with Amazing Spider-Man? And then that has an out like two years, and they come out with, you know, Spider Man again in the MCU. So why do they do anything to make money? And the the that's why I call these Christ plotation movies because they're churned out very cheaply to make a lot of money. Wait, these are made to make money? I thought these were made to spread the word of God. No, 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 wow. no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have a very cynical view. Maybe. I'm sure there are some people who have some very honest and earnest motives in uh yeah. you know ma- making these kind of movies um but I I see it as just a cash grab. Yeah. But S- sorry oh, Mr. What was Strobel, the one it was the, What was it the 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 resurrection of Gavin Stone the one with the the guy from I, uh Agents of Shield? I don't I don't know. Um we saw a trailer for it. I I was just looking up on Box Office Mojo, like all the money makers for the year. That one, that one was on the bottom of the list. It only made like two million dollars. So I don't know what its production values were, but I have no recollection of this. The one guy was in Agents of Shield. He played the Hydra guy, Ward. Ward, yes, Agent Ward. He played Agent Ward. Sorry, it's the New Year's brain again. Okay, it's from <laughs> it's from 2016. Ah, 20. It's a comedy drama. A washed-up former child star forced to do community service at a local megachurch pretends to be a Christian to land the part of Jesus in the annual Passion Play. And Brett Dalton is in it. Neil Flynn from Scrubs in the Middle is in it. D.B. Sweeney. And then we get down to the people I've never heard of. I'm sorry, I don't remember seeing a trailer for this. This is completely new to me. I showed it to you, and you instantly forgot it. That's I guess so. <laughs> That's I, why it only made $2 million. Yeah, I apologize. Um, and, uh, maybe we can find that one and do it later in 2018. So. Sure, yeah. This sounds... Oh, uh, land the part of Jesus in the annual Passion Play, only to discover that the most important role of his life is far from Hollywood. Oh, so it's it instead it's like Doc Hollywood with religion. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Now we don't have to do it. <laughs> no, actually, this does sound like something that we should do. This sounds right up our alley. So, okay. All right. So, so let's. Uh, that's my final judgment for the case for Christ. Not the worst movie we've done. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Strobel. I didn't like it more. Yeah, I mean, it was it was okay. I mean, it was watchable. Yeah. It. Um, yeah. I I didn't hate it. 
but yeah. All right, let's well, uh, I, let's I, move I, along, shall we? Yes. Go, go, where were you? Well, I was just going to say I don't think it would move anyone to their own conversion. I think I think the documentary would yeah you know, would, because it presents the facts and you know because some people don't always come to an emotional exuberant yeah. conversion for Christ. Some people come to Jesus with their, with their mind and their brain and not necessarily the heart. And some people come to him with their heart and then their mind follows. So well put, you know, and, uh, I, I was one, I think my, my mind sort of agreed with Christ first and then my heart followed. So, uh, that's why I like the documentary because it presents that in a way that I understood in the, the way that I first came to Christ. So, uh, the movie, eh, not so much. It tried to take that's that's the flaw. That's a flaw because it tried to put heart into something that was more of a, an intellectual coming to Christ. And it tried to put a heart onto it and it didn't quite gel all that well. That's the flaw. Okay. I get it. I get I understand. Thank you, Mike, for taking the time to help me find that eventually. Alright. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to TV Corner. All right, so today on TV Corner, we're looking at the ABC television show, Kevin Probably Saves the World. Yep. So, will you give us a a rundown of the plot here? I will sure try. <laughs> uh, it's about a guy who moves back home uh, after a suicide attempt, and in his backyard a meteor crashes but it's not really a meteor it's a celestial being who's not technically an angel and she informs him that he has to find some lost souls or pure souls righteous righteous thank you righteous souls he, he's the last and, of the righteous and he's yeah. to find the other he's the last one but he's got to find more or something yes and it's supposed to be a mystery who they are and it's supposed to be a mystery what happened to the others, and supposedly there are other celestial beings who aren't angels who are on Earth. And it, I saw f- they're they're messengers from God, who's okay. not really God, but the universe. Okay, <laughs> I I saw four episodes, and yeah. it did it did not do a very great job of getting a handle on what the mystery was supposed to be. Yeah, I just kind of by episode four, I stopped trying to figure it out and was just trying to enjoy the standalone episodiness of it. And it's it was okay. Yeah, it was. I couldn't help but think if they had got a little I I don't want to talk bad about anybody. I feel like none of the actors was very magnetic or charismatic or had a lot of personality like kevin the main character yeah uh, is supposed to be a he was a, a high-powered like finance person in new york and was supposed to have attempted suicide and then come back home but w- watching it i'm not getting any of that it feels like he's just a a wet blanket who wouldn't have attempted suicide. I I don't know how else to put it. I don't. Yeah. I don't get that from his character. 
watching him. Okay, that's I didn't get that disconnect before, but I do now. Yeah, it, who he was, who they they talk about him being this kind of person yes. before, and it doesn't feel like he was he ever could have been that. Yeah, and I'm the the celestial being. I I don't remember what her name was. Just I, had no no charisma, no chemistry with him, no screen presence. It just didn't grab my attention. There was there was nothing that made me say, yes, I want to watch more of this. I was watching it, and I couldn't help but think it would be much improved if they had gotten uh, James Roday from Psych. To oh, be, yeah. To be Kevin. Because he's, you know, he, he could have done the, the smugness and the silliness, but also the the seriousness too I yeah think. yeah yeah because uh, i i've not seen uh josh ritter is that his name yes jason jason ritter, ritter. jason ritter. josh ritter is a singer right yeah i i'm pretty know. sure yeah i've not seen jason ritter in in anything yvette is the Thank celestial you. being yes but he seems to be trying to do like his dad's like three's company shtick a lot, you know, kind of the the bumblings. I didn't even get stuttering. That. Yeah, it's it, but but it wasn't kind of making as, things up. It wasn't over the top like yeah. like John Ritter could pull off. That that and that's what made it funny because he was so over the top. Yeah, you know? and and then you have uh, bargain basement Amy Adams. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's me. Yeah. Uh, Looks like her name is. I guess she was Ariel on jo- Once Upon a Time. Joanna I'm... Swisher. Oh yeah, she's Nick Swisher's wife. That's who she. Former Cleveland Indian Nick Swisher. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. Don't yeah, miss, she was. Don't Ariel. miss that guy. Yeah, she was Ariel. She's all right. Everyone's yeah. She all was. Right. She was my favorite character, and they hardly gave her anything to do. Yeah. See, I like I like his friend Tyler. See, I thought it was gonna they were gonna pull a switcheroo because his friend Tyler is nice, he's generous. People are mean to him, and he doesn't even bat an eye. Is he the guy from the bar? Yeah, okay. he's the the guy in the bar. He goes out of his way to help people. I mean, he seems like a righteous soul right there. I I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're gonna pull like a switcheroo on us, like the good place. Like Kevin is not really a righteous soul because he he really doesn't have any redeeming qualities as a character. But this guy, he's like. He's like the nicest guy you'd ever meet in the world, and you think he's the one who should be the, uh, the righteous soul who's going to find the other righteous souls, but no. So there, there's an inconsistency with the story there, mm. and maybe maybe they're planning like he's yeah. going to be the last one. He was under his nose the whole time, something like yeah. that. You know, I you know what? <laughs> I, I, that sounds like there's something to it. Yeah, or, or and maybe they just haven't figured that out yet, and it's just bad writing. Yeah. So, <laughs> Maybe you just gave him the idea. Yeah. See, I, now I, I could be. I can write for the show yeah. and make it better. I can't. Um, <laughs> I can't badmouth the show too much because it comes from the creators of one of my favorite dearly departed shows, Agent Carter. Oh yeah, yeah. Tara Butters and Michelle Fazekas, I think. Yeah, uh, we're the showrunners on Marvel's Agent Carter, and they're doing Kevin Probably Saves the World. So, I got to give him a little bit of credit for that. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a larger arc. He's trying to find the right. And by episode nine, he finds one in Laos. It's a baby. 
I, I had to kind of like skip. I watched like the first six episodes. I skipped episode seven and eight and just kind of fast forwarded through nine to get to the main plot points. But yeah, shout out to Sam Huntington, cool that guy actor who was in episode two. Oh yes, uh, and uh, Will Sasso. I didn't get to Will Sasso's episode. I I was. Is he still skinny? No. Oh, okay. He's 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 not as big as he was like on Mad TV. Okay, but, good, good, good. But he's not he's not totally skinny either. Well, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that's he he looks like uh, uh he he still looks healthy. Good. Yeah. That's yeah. But uh, maybe skinny wasn't the right word. But yeah. Good. But yeah, not uh, he doesn't look like his health is in danger. Yeah. You know, uh, he's fun, still with us, so yeah. that's good. Fun fact: Will Sasso, a pre-Mad TV Will Sasso. Appeared in the Doctor Who TV movie. I know. Okay. He was, uh... He was a morgue attendant, I think? Yeah. Or some sort of hospital orderly. Yes. It provides a, a bit of uh, comedy relief there, yeah. which... As Will Sasso is wont to yeah. do. It, it seemed out of step with the Doctor Who, but if it had continued as, on Fox... As it, it so seemed, much in that movie is. Yeah, it, 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 it seemed uh, on par with, you know, the 90s... Fox TV yeah. <laughs> zeitgeist as it was. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it and we wouldn't be where we are today without it. Right. And they did I'm, some they did yeah. some cool things around the anniversary with him too. So yes. that, I am that I am listening I am listening to an audiobook called The Twelve Doctors of Christmas, which is exactly what it sounds like. And on the way over here, I, I'm about halfway through the eighth Doctor story. Oh sweet. Yeah. Is that a big finish one or no, it's it's an audiobook. Oh, okay. I have to pick that up, but anyways, it's, it's on. It's on Audible. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's yeah. each one's about a half hour. It's short oh, sweet. And, yeah, short and sweet. So Kevin probably saves the world. I. It it seems to me like the Kevin like, probably won't have season two. Yeah, I yeah. hate to say it. I would you know I I don't want I don't want it to be canceled. But like I was saying earlier, it's it has no buzz around it. Yeah. It's it has it has a premise. That I wanted to like it. I wanted to like it, it yeah. because it had it had John Ritter's son. I was a big fan of John Ritter. Oh, um, the episode where his psychiatrist is played by Richard Mazur. All oh, I could yeah. all I could think was, I wonder if they talked about it. <laughs> um, scary clowns. Yeah, but uh, yeah the the episodes do. Follow a formula, like he's got to he's got to do something. Like the universe tells him to help this certain person, and then if he helps him, then he'll get a vision of where he's supposed to go to find the righteous. So it's kind of like, to me, it's like yeah, they hadn't even started that in the four episodes that I watched. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. It, it does it does follow that formula okay. after a while, and so to me, it's like uh, touched by an angel meets quantum leap meets Three's Company. Is this where I start singing the Three's Company theme song? You can if you want. Come so. and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We'll be waiting for you. We'll be waiting for you. Na, 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 na. Hers <laughs> and hers and his Three's Company do. The 70s, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, All right, shall we wrap this up then? Yeah, so what's your final judgment on Kevin Probably Saves the World? Well, I already spoiled my joke. Oh, <laughs> I, I wish it was better. I wish it was better because I, I liked the premise. I, I wanted to like the people who were on it. It just, it didn't, it didn't grab me. And 
you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people work very hard on it. Yeah, I it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me at all. The comedy falls flat. The spiritual premise is all over the place. It's kind of make up and it's they're inconsistent. Because she's like, oh, I'm a messenger from God. Well, I don't really work for God. It's the universe, and the universe tells you to do this. And you gotta, it's it. it they're trying to be all encompassing and kind of watering it down at the same time, so it doesn't have any Isn't, any stakes or any. It doesn't feel like they're like, oh, the world's gonna die if we don't find the world's gonna end if we don't find the righteous. Well, it doesn't. You don't have that sense of peril or no. compulsion. It, it, it's just sort of this lazy epic that <laughs> sort of rolls out of bed yeah. on you, you know. And, and they can, they could, if if given the chance, they drag this out for seasons. Yeah, I did like. I I, I, I do not. I do not wish it was better. So I I completely forgot. I did like the the teacher, like his niece's teacher that he used to date that he like oh. reconnects with. I I thought they were cute together. I liked her. Yeah. And they're also getting like the police chief and his uh, Kevin's twin sister together. Oh, okay. That's sort of a B plot. The but, the police chief is the one who is on Shield? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um played by Michael something. Uh, no, he's Jay, Michael on J August Richards. Yeah, he was, his name was Mike on Shield, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was Deathlock. Yes. Yes, that's right. You got it. Mike Peterson. Good memory, man. I didn't remember his real name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh sorry, Jay I had, August. I had to I had to IMDB it, so uh but yeah the premise is weak and if it had I think better chemistry with the characters and better comedy it might I was hoping when I saw Will Sasso that he'd pick it up, but he really doesn't. Um there's only so much he could do. And... He's not Superman. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know. I I I'm like I said. I'm not. I I do not wish it it was doing better. So okay. Uh, it it there's I have no emotional investment in the characters, the actors, the producers, or anything as, as much as you do. <laughs> I so. guess not. <laughs> so I give I give it a, a thumbs down. Don't watch it. It'll get canceled. You won't miss it. Begrudgingly, I agree. <laughs> I I cannot dispute what Robert is saying. You don't want to agree, I but don't. you have to. Yes. <laughs> I've had a few of those myself. Yeah. All, All right. right. So I think that about does it for this episode. Uh, do, did we reach a consensus? Because I know we talked about a couple ideas for next time. Next time's going to be our... Uh, we're gonna not look... an episode. That's a special. Yeah. Well, next episode will be a special. Okay. We're gonna... What about the next proper episode? Okay. Well, next time... They're going to hear us talk about uh, our favorite movies and TV shows of 2017. It's really quite rambling. Yeah, well, what else do we do? It's freeform. We, we do nothing but freeform it's rambling. It's freeform. <laughs> we do nothing but freeform rambling. And I'm, I, I'm quite <laughs> sure I forgot. I can't, I can't remember <laughs> if I even mentioned Wonder Woman in, in the, the 2017 wrap-up, which I, I should have. Yeah, we did. Okay. All right, so until that time, this is Robert saying keep the faith. And Mike saying peace out.